You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdet Nation and Houdet family? Welcome in to another episode of Locked On Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On today's episode, exciting news for New Orleans Saints fans as Quan Alexander ends up with a visit with the New Orleans Saints. Could the Saints and the linebacker be looking for a reunion? What that would mean for the team, as well as the young linebackers on the squad as well. Then we'll take a look at Kawan Short, who ended up being cleared for football activities. Could he be an option for the New Orleans Saints on the defensive interior? And it will wrap up the show with a look at DVOA, one of the most popular analytics metrics and what it could tell you about the Saints' needs on defense going into 2021. All of that on today's episode. And as always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, co-managing editor over at CanalStreetChronicles.com and your Tuesday co-host over at the National Locked on NFL podcast. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints, your team every day. All right, y'all, let's start off with the biggest news from this week thus far. I think you can say New Orleans Saints fans definitely getting uh, very excited over the last 24 hours. Linebacker Quan Alexander, who has been cleared by league doctors for football activities, or at least his doctors for football activities, has been reported to be on a visit with the New Orleans Saints. And there's reportedly mutual interest to get a deal done, especially if Quan Alexander can pass the New Orleans Saints team doctors, the physicals, all the medical checks that he'll have to do. But great for them to at least get out there, see how he moves so that even if the signing can't happen now, they could potentially bring him back at a later time. Now, reports are also saying that there are other teams that are interested in Quan Alexander, at least in having him and a visit and getting a look at him. So, of course, this all comes down to a deal that's going to be right for the team and the player, as well as his availability and ability to be able to pass the medical checks on his way in. But if all those boxes get checked, it seems that the interest is there for both the team and the organization, even including uh, from folks like uh, Jeff Duncan, who's really been ahead of a lot so far this offseason. Definitely somebody you should be paying attention to if you're not already over at The Athletic. And so you're getting a lot of good information about, or at least positive information, about what the outlook could look like for a reunion when it comes down to Quan Alexander and the New Orleans Saints. Once again, though, completely comes down to the medical checks, because even though he was cleared by his doctors, league doctors, whatever the case may be, he still has to pass those medical checks that are done by the teams. The teams have to be comfortable moving forward. Now, the Saints are one of the teams that have been most comfortable when it comes to players and you know medical checks and things like that, that might not, that other teams may end up passing on. Remember, they were heavily connected to Caleb Farley over the course of the draft season, the draft cycle this offseason. When they drafted Ryan Ramchek in the first round, last selection of the first round of 2017, he had some medical questions that people were concerned about. Uh, CJ Gardner-Johnson didn't have medical questions, but he had, quote unquote, character concerns that we've talked about heavily here on the show that the Saints did not let bother them. And then, of course, Drew Brees, Teddy Bridgewater, these guys that even Taysom Hill, all quarterbacks who have had injury concerns throughout their careers. And of course, the Saints being the team that we're willing to roll the dice and take a gamble on them. So it doesn't, it may mean that the thresholds to get the Saints to feel comfortable about the medical checks may be lesser than in New Orleans than maybe elsewhere across the NFL. So we'll see what this ends up meaning for the New Orleans Saints and Quan Alexander. Could a reunion be on the way? Certainly 
seems like there are a lot of positive measures uh, in terms of taking steps towards it. Now, what does it mean for the New Orleans Saints to bring back Quan Alexander? Well, you get somebody, of course, that's going to give you a huge boost in the passing game, in pass defense, particularly in the middle of the defense. You saw the New Orleans Saints over the first nine weeks give up a 100 plus passer rating over the middle and a completion percentage over the middle in the short area of the field over 70%. That ended up dropping to just over 60% and a 40, I believe it was a 48 passer rating over the middle during the first three games of Quan Alexander's time with New Orleans. He ended up playing seven phenomenal games with them before his injury up against the Kansas City Chiefs. You also saw them drop the passer rating when targeted over the short middle area of the field on third downs all the way down to a three. Yes, a three passer rating in weeks 10, 11, and 12. And then, or excuse me, yeah, 10, 11, and 12. And then you can also look at the fact that they allowed only a 33.3% completion percentage over those games as well. So I think it's obvious that he gives you a big boost in the passing game. You do lose a little bit in the run game, but of course, you know, this team has always been really strong against the run, but are you willing to compound that at the second level with some of the losses that you've had on the defensive line with three players now changing teams and having left? And then, of course, David Onyemata's six game suspension at the beginning of the year. If you're OK with getting better at the passing game by potentially sacrificing a little bit in the run game, which I think makes sense in a passing league, then I think you're going to be very comfortable with a Quan Alexander signing if he is uh, healthy. And then you're also going to see him come in if the Saints do sign him at a contract that is much less than the contract that he was uh, previously on when the Saints traded for him at the trade deadline last year. They sent that fifth round pick that conveyed to the 2021 draft as well as Kiko Alonso. And then they got Quan Alexander on a non-guaranteed deal moving into 2021 and 2022. So that's why it was pretty clear that he was going to be a half a year rental essentially and that the Saints were going to be able to cut him to move on from that 13 plus million dollar salary cap that he was going to command in 2021. However, it seemed that with the Achilles injury that things might have gotten clouded at that point, but the Saints were still able to move on from him and save that money. If he's healthy, look at the Saints to bring him back on a contract that is much less than that $13 million mark. And then the final question is, what does this end up meaning for some of the young linebackers on the team? Does this mean that they are out on these guys or that they have already disappointed or anything like that? No, I don't think so. I just think that when you have a defense right now that has so many question marks on it, the cornerback two position, potentially even the cornerback one position, now this new added question on the defensive interior and a standing question over at the linebacker spot next to Demario Davis. You just want to answer as many questions as you can and be prepared for any situation. And so even if the Saints don't sign Quan Alexander now, they could look to sign him later. And if they do sign him now, it doesn't mean that they're out on Zach Vaughn and Pete Werner, who they have uh, really you know invested a couple of day two selections in over the last two seasons. It just means that they don't want any question marks at certain spots going into 2021 and want to give those guys some time to develop. Just because you don't see them in 21 doesn't mean you won't see them in 22 or 23. They could still be the future at the position. So that's really the outlook on the New Orleans Saints and Quan Alexander thus far. Of course, we'll continue to keep you up to date here on Locked On Saints. And of course, over on Twitter at Ross Jackson, Nola, should a signing happen or not happen and what that could mean for the team moving ahead as well. Coming up next, another spot where the New Orleans Saints may look to free agency, of course, would be the defensive interior. Uh, just a couple of days after getting some clearance for Geno Atkins, it looks like Kawan Short could be back on the market and ready to go as well. Could the Saints be interested in him for their defensive interior, especially with the suspension to David Onyemata? We'll talk about it next as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team 
every day. And as we continue on, don't forget to check out the latest odds, props, and bets over at betonline.ag. You can look ahead to the NFL uh, season. You can look ahead to now the NBA season after the Milwaukee Bucks wrapped up a finals championship last night. Who are favored to be the champions next year? You can find that and much more over at betonline.ag. So make sure you go and check them out. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. It's free to sign up. And when you put that money down to get started with your bets, you can get that 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit with the promo code LOCKEDON over at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, which is a defensive heavy show today. In fact, it's all defense today. So if you want to hear a little bit of offense, like the offensive skill position players that you could be investing in when it comes to your fantasy football leagues, make sure you check out Locked on Fantasy Football with Benny Iyer every Monday through Friday. All right, so let's jump into the next piece of defensive news for the New Orleans Saints. That is Kawan Short. Now, we've talked a bunch about Kawan Short as being a viable option for the New Orleans Saints, former Carolina Panther. He's been with the Panthers his entire career thus far. Now, about 32 years old, once you get around to the beginning of the 2021 season, there are some major concerns around Kawan Short just based upon his injury history. But before we get to that, we should reference Adam Schefter's tweet from just about 20 hours ago as I'm recording this. Uh, former Panthers two-time Pro Bowl defensive tackle Kawan Short, who underwent shoulder surgery this last season, has now been cleared for football activity and is already in discussions with a handful of teams. So the New Orleans Saints could very well be one of those handful of teams based upon the recent loss of David Onyemata for the first six games, which includes the first seven weeks of the 2021 season, which includes running attacks like Seattle in Seattle, as well as running backs like Saquon Barkley, Aaron Jones, and of course, Christian McCaffrey, the defensive rival Carolina Panthers, where the New Orleans Saints could effectively be signing Kawan Short from if all things were equal. So could Kawan Short be a real and viable option for the New Orleans Saints? Yes. But what about those injury concerns that I mentioned earlier? You're talking about a guy who missed the end of the 2018 season with a calf strain, then ended up with a torn rotator cuff in one of his shoulders in 2019, which ended his season after only two games, ended up injuring his other shoulder, which resulted in season-ending surgery after just three games, and really in the third game of the Panthers 2020 season. Now, of course, Panthers are marred with injury the entirety of 2020, but you do have to wonder a little bit about three straight season-ending injuries for a guy like Kawan Short. Now, it might not be as much of a concern for the New Orleans Saints, who, as we talked about in the last segment when it came down to Quan Alexander, who, according to Jeff Duncan, the Saints are trying to figure out if his medicals are going to be good and what his asking price is, but they have interest in resigning him based upon what the answers to that question may be and how the rest of his market shakes out. The Saints might be a little bit more sort of lenient when it comes to medical needs, just like we talked about. But at the same time, you end up with a player that doesn't really have to be a starter, doesn't have to play 700, 600 snaps. He would be a rotational piece, veteran depth for your team. I think that in any case, whether the Saints were to sign Geno Atkins, Jarrell Casey, who's at the top of the list for me, or Kawan Short, or even some of the other guys that are on the market, like let's say Gerald McCoy, who the Saints have been connected to in the past, Damon Snacks Harrison, or even a Bo Allen, who's like a you know, classic nose tackle, 
then I think that regardless, you're talking about a guy that's veteran depth. I think in any case, Malcolm Roach and Shai Tuttle are the guys that will be getting the most snaps. They might not be the first defensive tackles out on the field at the beginning of the season, but as we've talked about before, whoever gets the start doesn't always equate to who it is that gets the most snaps in a game or for that matter for the season. So you're not looking for somebody that's going to go out there and be a workhorse at the defensive tackle position. You're looking for a veteran that could come in, sort of be a glue guy, be veteran depth, and bring you viable play eight nine defensive linemen deep. That's really what you're looking for here. So the Saints are in pretty good position regardless in terms of what they're going to put out on the field because I think they're going to want to put the same product out on the field regardless, which is going to be led by Shai Tuttle and Malcolm Roach. But who is that Margus Hunt? And of course, Margus Hunt could be an option too that could come in. The Ryan Glasgow, like you saw last year, that could come in and be an additional veteran experience rotational player on the defensive line. Certainly could be Kawan Baker, who again, Excuse me, Kwan Short. Kwan Baker was the seventh round wide receiver that the Saints drafted this season that I'm also very excited to see. But when it comes to Kwan Short, he could be somebody that's viable for you in terms of that rotation. He's only a couple of years removed from a three sack season over 14 games. You'll take that from an interior rotational player. He also had seven and a half sacks the season before that, 11 and a half, or excuse me, just 11 sacks back in 2015, one of his two Pro Bowl seasons. I don't think you're going to get that type of production from him, but you see that he has experience as somebody that can be disruptive and that can be somebody that gets into the backfield for you and be an interior pass rusher, but also being somebody that's consistently graded very well against the run outside of these last two seasons that were cut short. So take that for what you will, but Kawan Short being back on the market is good for the New Orleans Saints, whether they're interested in him or not, because if they are interested in him, then they might be able to sign him. If they're not interested in him, he becomes another player out on the market that could draw the attention of other teams away from whoever it is that the Saints might be targeting at the defensive tackle position if they're looking to the open market to fill that void at all. So either way, a win here for the New Orleans Saints to have Kwan Short on the market and cleared for football activities. We'll continue to monitor the defensive tackle position and the Saints' decisions around the spot as we continue on here with Locked on Saints every single Monday through Friday, now through the end of time. Uh, when it comes next, uh, coming up next, we're going to be talking about DVOA, a very popular analytics metric, and what it can tell us about that very defense that the New Orleans Saints uh, have some question marks all around right now, and uh, what it is that they're looking to replicate in terms of the success of the 2020 season and where they can most importantly find it. So we'll talk about all of that as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. And something else that's uh, really a winning move for everyone, just like Kawan Short being cleared for football activities. Built Bars, you already knew. Built Bars, the best tasting protein bar on the market, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. I keep telling you how to make sure that you're checking the website all the time because they have those limited edition flavors that popped up. Well, Lemon Almond Cheesecake went up for one day only just yesterday and is already gone. So that's why I always tell you, make sure you check out the website at builtbar.com. But if you don't have any limited edition flavors that are set up for you when you hit the website or you missed out on one, don't worry. They got nine incredible flavors as well. You can grab a sample box and get two of each of those, or you can go ahead and do a mix and match of up to three flavors, or even just one flavor if you love it enough, and a build your own box as well. In any case, make sure you use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, so that you can get 15% off of the next box that is the official protein bar of U.S. track and field, so you know these guys are legit. So go and check them out at BuiltBar.com. Don't forget to use that promo code LOCKED15. 15% off of your next order over at BuiltBar.com.
did it, Houdat Nation. It's Wednesday, which means it's time for some midweek fundamentals, and I thought it would be fun. See, we try to put the fun in fundamentals over here to talk a little bit about uh, a phrase that you're going to hear me use a lot over the course of the regular season and a metric that you're going to hear me use a lot because I think it tells a more complete picture than maybe things like power rankings and things like that. And it's DVOA, which you can track over at Football Outsiders. They have a lot of stuff that's available to the public, but they also have a Football Outsiders Plus thing. But you can always come here for all of your updates on the New Orleans Saints and how they're factoring in and how that metric sort of tells the story. And we're going to dig a little bit deeper into that, particularly over on the defensive side uh, to wrap up today's show. But first, let's start off with the fundamentals, right? Let's talk about what DVOA means. So first of all, it stands for uh, Defensive Adjusted Value Over Average, so DVOA. So basically, the idea here is that they give point values and break plays down, play, or break uh, games down play by play, and then give a value that is either above or below the league average in terms of the value of that play. So you could have a an offense that isn't performing as well as other teams in terms of the average across the NFL. That would have a negative defensive score or DVOA score. And then those that are performing above average would have a positive DVOA score because they are above average and below average. Over on the defensive side, it's about what you allow. So on defense, you want to have a negative number because you're forcing players or forcing teams to play below the league average. If you're allowing teams to play better than the league average, then your defense is going to be given a positive DVOA number. And that would be the bad side of all of this. There's a lot of different things that are included in this metric. They include down, distance, location on the field, current score gap, quarter, and even opponent quality. So they'll break this all the way down and then give a play-by-play analysis to be able to tell the full story of a game, as well as some other things that they can get a bit into the weeds on. So now that you have the basics and the fundamentals and you understand what the scoring of this is, if you will... Let's talk a little bit about the defensive side. And remember, some of the numbers that we're talking about here when we're talking about defensive DVOA, we're looking for negative numbers that tell a better story than the positive numbers, which is the opposite over on offense. But they don't just look at things and then base it on their DVOA. That, of course, is their main metric that they use, but they also get some really, really fantastic information that they share over on their annual uh, almanac. So let's talk a little bit about what I was able to find at some positions of need for the New Orleans Saints, which effectively are all three levels starting with the defensive tackle spot, or let's just say the defensive line. New Orleans Saints, of course, losing Sheldon Rankins, who's now with the New York Jets. They traded away Malcolm Brown to save a little bit of cash, picked up a seventh round pick for that from the Jacksonville Jaguars over the course of this offseason. Trey Hendrickson, who had 13 and a half sacks for the team last year, signed with the Cincinnati Bengals. And then, of course, David Onyemata suspended for the first six games, seven weeks of the season. Here's why this is important. According to Football Outsiders, the New Orleans Saints were the team that ranked in the top five when it came to adjusted line yards, and this is the third straight season that they've done that. So you can look at them as a team that doesn't allow a lot of push on the defensive line from an offensive line. They tend to win that battle. And the reason why I wanted to highlight this is simply because of where this is most important, which for the New Orleans Saints is, of course, the interior defensive line, where the Saints were, according to football outsiders, the most dominant in 2020. David Onyemata's average play came just 0.2 yards downfield, i.e. he was only really getting pushed back 0.2 yards in terms of how often he was making plays on the field. That's where he was making those plays. So he didn't take a lot of push from offensive linemen. He didn't allow the offensive line to reset the line of scrimmage. 
making those plays less than half a yard downfield in terms of his being reset was best in the NFL. He was one of the best when it came to doing that. And it didn't stop there. Uh, you also also saw Malcolm Brown make his plays just 0.9 yards downfield, so less than a yard downfield, which was seventh best. Sheldon Rankins ranked in the top 20. And if Ryan Glasgow would have had enough plays to qualify, his number would have ranked within the top 20 as well. So those are the pieces that you're missing, right? You notice all three of those players that are officially in the top 20 no longer with the New Orleans Saints. Ryan Glasgow, though, still with the Saints and could potentially push there. They note Shy Tuttle as the guy that's expected to come in and take over sort of the main run-stuffing uh, responsibilities with Malcolm Brown, or excuse me, Malcolm Roach as a rotational piece. I think we all agree with that. And now let's look quickly over at the defensive secondary. We talked a bit in yesterday's episode about how the Saints were number one in man coverage. That was a boost of 16%. From 2019. However, the Saints actually performed at a league best, uh, eight minus 18.3 DVOA when it came to them being charted in zone coverage, as opposed to allowing 23.4% DVOA when it comes to being in man coverage last year, the largest gap in the league, according to football outsiders when it comes to that. So we'll see how much more zone maybe we see from the Saints, or if they stick with their game plan that you've seen over the last couple of seasons getting heavier and heavier into man coverage. One of the things that helps them do that, or one of the players rather that helps them do that, of course, is Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, who had the highest slot cornerback coverage rate in the NFL for the Saints, and he had 70 targets, which was most amongst safeties playing in the slot as well. And then Malcolm Jenkins had 48 targets, which was third in that same metric. So you see the New Orleans Saints uh, really leaning into all of these different things across the defense, but of course, have some really important things to consider when it comes to uh, who they end up filling some of these gaps with. If they're able to get Quan Alexander back, that's great for them because they can play the same style on the second level that they found a lot of success with over the seven games that Quan Alexander was available in 2020. Figuring out how to make sure that the defensive line isn't getting reset on them as they deal with the losses on the defensive line is going to be big. And then watching how that cornerback two potentially affects what the Saints like to do in terms of man and zone coverage, as well as their efficiency in both styles is going to be very important going into 2021 and things that we'll continue to track here on Locked on Saints, starting with the players that end up filling those gaps, but also how they intend to get it all done going into the season remaining competitive, which is going to take a very good defensive performance, which we've seen from the Saints over the over the recent years. But now can they maintain that success with the right personnel? That's where it's all going to start. I appreciate you as always for being here for another episode of Locked on Saints. Make sure you also check out the Locked on Today podcast here. Peter Bukowski will be very excited about his Milwaukee Bucks getting the job done in Milwaukee, getting it done for the Deer District, as well as a bunch of other news across the world of sports, all in less than 20 minutes. You can get the Locked on Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can always find Locked on Saints wherever you get your podcasts and over on YouTube as well. Be back with another episode tomorrow, Top 3 Thursday. Going to have a lot of fun and of course, keeping you up to date with everything going on around your New Orleans Saints. As always, y'all, I appreciate everything that you do to help support the show and the family. You can always find me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. And trust you, that nation. I'll holla at you.